Welcome back everyone. This is our post E3 episode and in this episode Roman and I got to list our top 3 announcements from this year's E3. I got to stretch what the parameters for E3 was so we could have a larger list of games to play so that included the Summer Games Fest and the Battlefield announcements and so on. We also got to talk about some of the other big announcements that were not on our list. So um, I guess games like Starfield, Guardians of the Galaxy, Final Fantasy, Strangers of Paradise. Robin actually got to play Strangers of Paradise demo, so he gave us a hands-on preview of what that game is like to play. And then we got to talk about the future of E3 and the future gaming conferences uh, that are slated for later in the year. So the EA Play conference announced for later, for next month, and Gamescom and TGS and uh, maybe a PlayStation set of play in the future and so on. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and thank you for listening. Welcome everyone to another episode of the Ninja Talk Gaming Podcast. We're back for our post E3 uh, episode. Uh, obviously, I got all of my predictions right, as I always do. <laughs> and Robin got like one third correct. I mean, we'll give him like a pass. What's a pass these days? 40%? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Robin? How have you been? <laughs> uh, you know, you know how it is. Okay. Post E3 blues. Are they blues, really? I don't know. I mean, were you satisfied with that uh, post E3 Xbox <laughs> extravaganza? <laughs> oh, man. I got a message from Michael who was like super keen on that. And he was like, man, I slept halfway through that. They should have said that they were just doing updates on what they showed. But and that I'm, is what they said. It is, exactly. Like, I, 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 it is what they said. I think the only new thing they showed was, like, mock-up of Hellblade, which means that that game is coming out in 2027. So, yeah. Which really makes you wonder, what did they show at the Game Awards? Was that literally just a vertical slide? Was it even... It wasn't a vertical slide. Was it just a CG trailer? Was it just, like, a close-up of a face? Yeah, but they were saying, it's oh, it's in-engine, it's in-engine. I guess it was what they are. They they made a character model and were like, "Oh, this is gonna run on next gen," and then like showed that. So, anyway, you know what? I'm all for it because I've I've been on record saying I hope that the games industry becomes like the movie industry where, when a writer pitches a script to a studio, like everyone knows, like, "Oh, these guys wanna make this film that's gonna come out in eight years." I think that's fine. I think that that reduces crunch on movies. Obviously, movies crunch and stuff, but like the openness of it all, I think, reduces certain negative aspects that I think the game industry has. That's what I think, anyway. I don't know. Who knows what, what it would be like if it was more that way, but I, I don't mind knowing game, a game is being made like and it's going to come out in five years. I don't mind that. Yeah, a lot of gamers do, unfortunately. A lot of gamers do, yeah. So, yeah, I, I yeah. guess. So this it's episode, been one week, right? One week since E3. It has been a week since E3. Yeah, it has been a week. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a weird E3, but I'm glad it's back. And I wanted us to do this episode to talk about our top three announcements of showcases or whatever that 
were at this year's E3. And I know mine, so I'm going to uh, ask you. Wait, to... before we go any further, does Summer Game Fest count as E3? Because officially that's not E3. It does. Like everything in this period counts. Like every, even like wholesome games, whatever, everything in this period. It's basically E3. I mean, come on now. If EA had a thing, I would count it as... I, I, I count that Battlefield release as E3. That Battlefield announcement thing, whatever. I count that as nah, now, now you're pushing it just so that you can prop up E3. <laughs> no, but it's the same period. Like there's a reason it came out around that time. <laughs> Fine, if we're going to count summer game, for sure, but all I know is E3 started the day after that. And, you know, it was all those Ubisoft forward and all that stuff. That was E3, not... <laughs> well, I'm adding it in because it was, a, it was a day, whatever. Otherwise, those things would have lasted for six months like last year. So we'll, we'll go with, with my definition of what E3 is. Nice. Okay, so yeah, with, with, with those loose rules in mind, <laughs> what are you, what, what were you, we're going with top three, we'll go one by one. What was one of your top three announcements at this E3? Start with number three. Keep the, view, keep the listeners okay. guessing. Okay, wait. It's not hard for, this, for, for me to keep people guessing. But secondly, uh, is it new game announcements only or updates included? I think updates included because this e- if you remove updates, then this E3 had like four new games. <laughs> okay, fine. Fine. Okay, fair enough. Okay. Then uh, this should be easy. Definitely the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Okay. A very small update. A very small update. But you know, it's you know, it was a big enough update for us to get a much better idea of what we're getting out of the game, mm. as well as have an idea of you know of when it's likely the game is coming out, you know, with getting some context of the fact that oh there's no other Zelda remasters and all that stuff. Mm. But very likely the game is it's a ways off. Quite clearly, it's a ways off. But I think that teaser really, you know, it it showed it showed a lot. Mm. Get an, we got an idea of uh, how the environments are working. We've got tiny bit of story detail we've got an idea of some new gameplay stuff i think if you want to have a teaser trailer that's pretty much the most perfect thing you can do i wish they showed off the, when they reviewed the game for the first time in 2019 that would have been a far better reveal it would have yeah but i don't think they were there yet um, so this this makes sense link looks a bit a little bit different he's like a a, a robe thingy he's got a got mark. Yeah, longer hair longer hair yeah he, he's got a when i saw the trailer i was like is it a portal gun but apparently it's like some sort of uh what like a engraving or whatever tattoo thingy on his arm that's not a tattoo he's he's lost his arm 
he he lost his arm. Yeah, his arm, that... he's, he's got a robot arm now. Okay, yeah, it's a robot arm, I guess that manipulates time. People are saying it's maybe all I saw was he went through a cliff using the arm. So I'm like, it's a portal gun. People are like, no, it's manipulating time. So what do I know? I guess it's manipulating time. So. <laughs> Uh, that's the only unique mechanic I saw in the trailer. I might have missed something, but it looks like more Breath of the Wild, so that's cool. I didn't see any dungeons, so that's not cool. Uh, but it's it's Breath of the Wild, so I'm sure it's going to do very very well. I think you know something like dungeons. If they talk, you know, intentionally they said that. Uh, they're not revealing the actual title of the game because they say that if we reveal the title of the game, we're actually going to spoil what's in the game. So we'll only do that when we're ready. So uh, when they do reveal the title that's and start the proper marketing cycle, I think that's when we'll get an idea if dungeons are in fully. But, you know, right now there's just a lot of theory crafting going on. I've seen theories that, oh, you play during two time periods because you know one looks like Link has long hair at one point and then short hair at another point, and because haircuts they don't exist. <laughs> yeah, because haircuts don't exist in video games. Uh, there's theories that oh, uh, there's an area which looks a bit too golden compared to other areas in the game, so maybe that's like the past. You know. It's it's a typical thing when you get a small Zelda trailer where you can theory craft from even the smallest thing for a long time, and I think this this will keep the fan base going for a while. It will, it will. The wildest one I've seen is apparently you play as Ganon, and I'm like, okay, guys, okay, sure, but we'll see, yeah. uh, we'll see. Yeah, I, I see something to support that. You know, I've seen you know, there's this corpse with long hair and a prosthetic arm. They're like, hey, we all thought the corpse they showed off in the first trailer was Ganon, but the corpse now, maybe it's Link. So, you know, you never know. You never know. You never know. We'll see. Um, I'm actually looking forward to that game, me being a Zelda fanboy. And it was a really good closer to Nintendo's conference, which was a really good... Uh, it was a good conference. <laughs> It was a good one. Uh, It was was the best one. It was one of the good ones. (laughs) My third uh, favorite announcement was a game called Somerville. So I know like nobody like remembers what the hell that was. It stood out to me because it's when I looked at it, I was like, is that Playdead's next game? So it looked very much like uh, a Playdead game. Uh, but you play as a family, like a nuclear family, a man, a woman, and a child. Uh, and for people who don't know what play they did, the guys who made Limbo and uh, Inside. Inside. So I looked up some of you because the studio was not Played And it turns out that the co-founder of Played left Played to make some of it. So yeah, that's it, why it looks it looks like hey, this looks familiar. Yeah. So I'm I I I love their brand of video game and having multiple playable characters I think adds 
a completely like if you've played inside and you tell someone there's multiple playable characters just level design wise you are just like whoa okay this is gonna be nuts so i'm very very much looking forward to that yeah some of you look it up <laughs> yeah it's one of those like hey this looks familiar oddly enough and then you're wondering what is this what is this then you realize what it is you're like oh okay ah i get it i see yeah i'll keep my eye out so, you know that sort of thing yeah I'll, i'll keep my eye out to my uh library because it's coming straight to game pass thanks phil uh <laughs> what is what is your yeah, second which, game which, which which is a big theme of of this e3 that oh everything in microsoft conference except for battlefield because of course they couldn't pay ea what they needed was going to game pass which is i think it that's an interesting precedent for microsoft shows going forward that you can pretty much only expect stuff which will launch on game pass i don't think so i think they'll have some big games from third parties which won't be on game pass because you know you need to... i mean like like i've said out of 30 announcements 27 were going to game pass so that means only three non-game pass announcements yeah yeah i think it we might next e3 we actually might have an epic games uh conference or something because even they are like being pretty aggressive so <laughs> Like, I feel like if you are some sort of indie dev, um, crap, I forgot the tweet. Uh, someone mentioned, they were like, there's a game that apparently went through like the ringer of being paid. It was like, uh, was it Hades? I think it was Hades, where it's like, it's out on PC and then it goes to Switch as an exclusive. So everyone's frothing at the mouth for it on consoles, right? And then it comes to uh game pass meaning microsoft have paid you money and then it also then in the future probably comes to as a free game on epic meaning epic has given you money so you're like you're just going around and just getting extra money after your game has released which i think is an interesting part for any other indie dev like your, your game could like not sell but you end up making money anyway because these guys are paying for it yeah you know that's chat is It's a strat, that's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, it's a, it's a business, okay? <laughs> but but you know, uh but uh, super giants have, you know, if I'm not the second Hades was epic only first and then yes, it, went it was, to yeah. And then it was yeah. Yeah. And then it went to Switch and now it's on Xbox and PlayStation and now it's on Game Pass, so No, I think when your game is one which has got that sort of critical acclaim, you don't have to really care about sales. Like, oh, you yeah, don't. Whatever. You don't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so what is your second game? Uh, easily, SMT5, Shin Megami Tensei V. Shin Megami. Are they connected? We... Or are they separate? Because that's a franchise I also have in this. Um, they are the Shin Megami Tensei games the connections are weird in that it's like sort of semi-connected like you can play the games and 
possibly find references to older games mm-hmm. but at the same time no it's not uh, okay one Shimegami Tensei 3 basically makes it out that there is kind of like a multiverse if i can say that okay okay so which is weird but it's something like that so the cool thing is Shin Megami Tensei 4 for the 3DS was inspired by Shin Megami Tensei 2. So it was about going through cyberpunk Tokyo. Uh, SMT traditionally is a cyberpunk style. It's based on like a oh, cyberpunk post-apocalyptic Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So SMT 2 and 4 are that game. You know, cyberpunk post-apocalyptic Tokyo. While SMT 3 is more about uh, desolate dead world it's focused on atmosphere and minimalism so you know that's why SMT3 is the most popular one because it's got a different vibe from the cyberpunk post apocalyptic thing so uh-huh. SMT5 seems to be taking after SMT3 instead you know okay the world they've already shown off is it's a desert world it looks empty uh character designs are more in line with what was in SMT3 you know there's an important character whose design changed in SMT4 which wasn't popular they've already changed that back in the 75 uh plus they released the Nocturne remaster SMT3 remaster so it's like it's clearly showing that oh uh they are trying to link these two games together there's yeah. really lots of theories that the events of SMT3 will affect or affect the events of SMT4 Five. And then besides that, there was all the really cool gameplay stuff we saw, as well as just the general idea of the plot. Your main character is like a tokusatsu guy. Like he's into tokusatsu, or he is a tokusatsu. <laughs> he looks like a tokusatsu. He, he, he fuses with some guy, and then he's got like a mecha bodysuit and super long hair. So it's It, it, it's a unique aesthetic but it looks really cool wait and is then, this the purple haired character that's a guy yes is a, that the <laughs> the guy it's intentionally made they've probably intentionally made him androgynous but yes he's a guy okay now it makes sense <laughs> and there's uh, what I can say is that it's, they've shown like an just looking at the trailer you can tell there's a massive increase in scope so before sm before persona before smt5 persona 5 was pretty much atlas's biggest game yeah. you could tell in the budget and presentation and stuff mm-hmm. but smt5 is like you can tell this is like on a whole other level from what you'd expect for for atlas you know atlas is still a small company yeah yeah so seeing the level of scale with SMT5 from what we've seen is like it's really mind blowing the demon models are really detailed they've got much more animations the world looks much bigger all that sort of stuff mm-hmm. you can uh, you can tell that okay there is a budget here there's a big budget the combat system the UI looks bad but the combat system looks like it's much more evolved one of the important things with SMT games is that uh your the story doesn't really matter very much 
characters are just means to push philosophies while the real meat is in like the dungeon crawling and the and the combat itself and they've shown that okay yeah it's looking good that's very interesting considering that persona is kind of the opposite of that not not that the gameplay yeah. persona isn't very interesting i i thought it i've only played like a few hours of persona by issue that's like 10. <laughs> yeah you see, you see that, that was why they made persona because smt was like it was a bit lacking in terms of story stuff yeah so and it's more edgy said, okay. obviously uh, look smt is not edgy like if you've played smt you actually you, it's it's kind of got a, a, a dark sense of humor <laughs> I mean, it, it looks really edgy. Is it a thing where it's like, it's kind of like uh, Ghost in the Shell Innocence? <laughs> or it's a completely different vibe? Explain. Oh, you haven't seen Innocence? Ghost in the Shell Innocence, the second movie? Nope. Nope. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll spare you that. It's just a, like a philosophy dump, I guess, but very cool okay. action. No, Nocturne, no, Nocturne, SMT3 is a philosophy dump. Four is a bit more character focused, but for the most part, the characters are still means to an end to push philosophy. Mm. So, uh, even the DS games like Strange Journey, mostly like that. One of the few SMT games where the characters actually feel like characters is Devil Survivor. Because there, you know, it's trying to simulate an actual real-life situation. Like, that was oh, Vita, right? I remember that word, Devil Survivor. Uh, it was DS. DS. It was DS. <laughs> it tries to simulate a sort of situation where it's like, okay, your characters are in a crisis, there's a lockdown, <laughs> a lockdown, and demons are showing up. So, like, what do you think this person would do in the situation? You know, mm-hmm. the roots are, the decisions are not, like, philosophy-based, but they're more, like, solutions different ah. solutions to the same problem do you think that this game will blow up in a mainstream way the way persona 5 did oh well, given it's got the switch boost on its side yeah probably i think it'll blow up it won't you know we won't do i don't know if we could do persona 5 numbers persona 5 is like in the 4 million range 3 million range yeah, and it's like in the zeitgeist, like people there. know what Persona is. Not that Persona, 4, like I think Persona Four is still probably more critically acclaimed, kind of you know, like the cool kids talk about Persona Four, and the 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 people who are insufferable still talk about Persona Three. But like Persona Five was like the one that like everybody's like, okay, yeah, I know what Persona is now. Yeah, I don't know if SMT Five does that because already the main character just one look at the main character you can tell this might not be for everyone <laughs> i don't know he seems memeable and that seems to be the the way to fame these days yeah like yeah like yeah he does but I, I don't know if if they decide not to go as character focused as they did with smt4 if they really are inspired by nocturne and make a lot of things, you know, very philosophy-based and so and apocalyptic and and there's lots of minimalism and nihilism. It's like that sort of thing. And I don't know if it will hit mainstream, but it, it will always have its audience. 
Okay, that's a pretty pretty good pick. That's one of the that's one of the franchises that I need to get into. That and the Tales franchise. Okay, my second pick was a complete surprise. <laughs> I won't lie to you. It's Metroid Dread. I yeah, completely did not expect. I'm looking like, forward to that too. This game was cancelled. Like a decade ago up to this point and the funniest thing happened on stream like because like when, when we were watching it we were in our discord server like chatting with the guys and they kept on saying it's been 18 years or whatever since a 2d metroid and i was like that's absolutely not possible because metroid fusion like came out like seven years ago <laughs> i thought they were canceling metroid fusion i thought they were talking about super metroid on the SNES. i'm like why are these guys getting all these other 2d metroids Turns out, it has been 18 years or whatever, and that's Jesus. How has it been that long since the 2D Metroid came out? What the hell? Obviously, um, another Metroid 2 remake uh, came out on the 3DS. I think that was the, like the last big 3DS game from Nintendo, right? Samus Returns. Yeah. Samus Returns. Yeah. It's one of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So. Oh, wait, another 2D thing was the fan game. Yeah, so, yeah, Summer's Returns came out, and it's the exact same developers doing this. So, my, and the gameplay they showed looked very, very cool. Looked very, very good. I wanted a Metroid game. I never, ever thought they would make another 2D Metroid. This even makes the wait for Metroid Prime 4 fine, because for me, I like 2D, like that, I like 2D Metroid. Like, that's my preferred metroidvania style game what they did with the first person 3d stuff is very very admirable but 2d metroid is the dream and i'm very very happy with what they showed complete surprise i hope this game does well metroid games never sell ever for some reason ever but the indie metroidvania so what's up with that what what's going on there is it because it's exclusive to nintendo no, but Metroidvania is so better than Nintendo. Yeah, but like, as in like, I don't know, compared to say Hollow Knight, right? Because that yeah, Hollow, so- Hollow Knight has sold crazy amount because it was fifteen dollars, not. 15. Yeah, I guess price is a factor. I guess I guess that's a factor. But yeah, I hope I hope this sells uh, because I can see it doing a billion only, and then. Nintendo going, oh, nobody wants Metroid again. Yeah, but Switch Boost. Switch Boost, never forget. Let's hope so, man. Let's hope so. I mean, the Wii sold more than the Switch so far, but then I guess the game they had was Metroid Other M, so... (laughs) Yeah, and you know how people think of Other M. The only thing I liked about Other M was the the, the switching in real time between first-person and uh, side scrolling. I thought that was very cool. Other than that, uh, but yeah, that's my second one. Which means I'm we actually come... looking forward. I'm, I'm looking forward to and that's Metroid soon, Dread. right? That's like this year, isn't it's it? Coming out in yeah, it's coming out this year. Which is you know, it's interesting that uh, Nintendo's lineup is being highlighted by Metroid Dread, Pokemon Remix, and SMT. So it's like nothing blockbuster but there's still plenty of variety 
which is so, which is good. Yeah, and what we saw of Metroid Dread in that game the trailer, it was good. It was very good. It was, and you know, I think the price will give people a bit of pause. But wait, have they already announced you know, the price? Can, yeah, it's sixty dollars. <sighs> Why do they do this? Why do they murder our franchise? Just make it thirty. Just make it thirty. Yeah, but look, it looks like it's got high budget, much higher budget than all this other stuff. This was, I was, you know, before, before I said the price, I was about to say you can't put a price on quality, so. Yeah, that's true. But you know, like that one person who like, liked Hollow Knight, like, oh, this other game, but it's 60, I don't know. You know, we'll see. Yeah. You know, I feel games like Hollow Knight and The Witcher 3 set unrealistic expectations for what people expect in terms of content for games. That's what made Ubisoft make Assassin's Creed be 200 hours or whatever. Yeah, ridiculous. exactly. Ridiculous. Anyway. Yeah, your number one announcement. Let's hear it, man. Obviously, Elden Ring. Come on. This is why, <laughs> you know, this is why I said, like, should I, should we include Summer Game Fest? Because, you know, Geoff jo- Keighley is beefing with E3, so you know, putting his star announcement and saying, oh, that was my favorite thing from E3 is kind of cheating, that's <laughs> me. I mean, I get it. I mean, we'll give Jeff Keighley his roses. I feel like he already has a bed of them anyway, so <laughs> it's fine. But yeah, fine. Elden Ring Elden was pretty much what was expected you know we've been hearing interviews and snippets and stuff from that and from everything we heard in the interviews and then saw in the league trailers and then saw in this actual trailer it's it's as expected it's what you think so then it just comes down pretty much to how well made was the trailer itself and it was a very well crafted trailer on top of that it gave you know similar to that Breath of the Wild uh, sequel trailer, it gives a good a very good idea of what to look forward to. It shows off the cooperation, shows off the horse, it shows off uh, the things you want to see. Art direction shows off that oh this game has got magic. It it just sets a very good tone for what you can look forward to before the game comes out in January or afterwards when it gets delayed or whatever. <laughs> you know, like, I'm obviously not into those kind of games, but I was very happy that people were happy. It's very much in the spirit of E3, like, oh my god, it was... I think it was the biggest game announcement in this period, for sure. Um, it looks like a Souls game, for, from the perspective of someone who who's not in into that universe or franchise, whatever you want to call it. It looks, it just looks like a Souls game to me. And <laughs> it looks like another one of that's those. The that's the thing. Uh, if everyone who had been like paying attention to the interviews knows that, oh, you know, Sek- Sekiro is very different from Souls. It, yeah, it's so that's the whole, So the whole point of, they had always said that, oh, Elden Ring will be something for people who like traditional Dark Souls, you know. It will have build variety and magic and kingdoms and stuff like that. It's something which people are used to compared to Sekiro, which is just such a very wild departure. So, I think, like, 
it's, it's within expectations at all. It's as I said, it's like an open world Souls game, which is probably why it's taken so long. Them trying to adapt their concepts to an open world must be extremely difficult because, you know, Souls was very much you know, kind of like checkpoint based, level design based. So how do you bring all of those amazing qualities to an open world? I'm sure it's been a head scratcher, but, you know, if any studio can do it, the best in the world can. So. Yeah, I'm honestly be looking forward to that game. I actually genuinely try all these games because, like, as someone who's, I'm a fan of like game design and stuff, and I, I and I, uh, there's, it's spawned a genre, right? So, like, it's it's required uh, consumption, I guess. So, I'm definitely going to. I'm very curious to, uh, to see how they make a Souls game work in an open world. Uh, how that works. Like, are there more ways to cheese the system? Stuff like that. I'm very interested in that. I thought the story would be more up my alley since George R. R. Martin was writing it, but apparently it's very still much. It's still very much uh, world building more than character stuff, which is absolutely not my thing. Uh, but I'll, I'll I'll try it uh, just so I know what it's like. Who knows? Maybe. <laughs> maybe this one might stick uh but yeah it, it, it looks cool i saw some people griping about the graphics i thought that the souls games have always looked great in terms of uh like art design art direction yeah exactly it's um, pretty much it's 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 pretty much a, co- a copycat of berserk so of course it's going to look good yeah just so happens that that aesthetic is absolutely not what i like i don't like uh like dark um dark what's, fantasy. The, what's the name of that racist dude i don't like his style of stuff but it looks really good which racist so, dude the guy who makes like the, what is it rich monsters whatever like the Cthulhu oh that guy, guy. Uh... yeah Lovecraft. Lovecraft, yeah. I don't like the Lovecraftian aesthetic. No, but, but Dark, Dark Souls is more berserk than it is Lovecraft. I guess Bloodborne was the more Lovecraftian one. Yeah, Bloodborne is the Lovecraft one, yes. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, I uh, Very happy that that is finally... I was very glad that that came out first so that the where's Elden Ring spamming could not exist for the rest of the YouTube. I was very, very happy about that because all of Jeff Keighley's stream was literally where's Elden Ring, where's it, until it was announced. And like, I felt so bad for the other games that were announced at the Summer Games Fest, because it's like, it was just swallowed by this game announcement. <laughs> yeah, that's why he put it at the end. <laughs> yeah. Okay, my number one comes as no surprise to anyone who knows me or knows my tastes it is replaced a cyberpunk 2d action platformer i guess that looks very much like the last night but it is not by the makers of the last night i looked up the studio it is their first game they are completely brand new. When I looked them up, they had like 300 Twitter followers. <laughs> Their website looked like they had just made it two weeks ago or something. So they are very, very, very new. They are Hungarian. 
I hope I got that right. I think they're Hungarian, Hungarian or Bulgarian, one of those, a European country. Um, and I just, I love its vibe. I've been, I, when last night was shown at E3, I don't know if it was three or four years ago at this point, I immediately wishlisted it because I liked the way it looked. It's the same with this one. I am super, super looking forward to this game. I love its look. I love its feel. Um, I, it's, I mean, I'm frothing at the mouth from Cyberpunk as I always am. But I feel like this one, I saw other people like get interested in it as well, which I'm, I'm, I'm excited about. I hope we get to see more games like this. It kind of reminds me of Flashback. I don't know if you ever played or saw Flashback. It was like nope. a really old um, 2D narrative platformer. It kind of, it looks like an advanced version of the old Prince of Persia, like that old 2D one, but like a more advanced version of that. So I'm very much looking forward to Replaced. Replaced was one of those things where, you know, I, I would even like to, uh, as I was watching the Xbox conference, 90 minutes is a long time and there were phases where I basically just zoned out and said okay let me just look at something else while I've got <laughs> my ear and side of my eye looking so when the show was done I saw so many people saying oh Replace looks cool Replace looks cool I'm like what's this Replace okay let me look this up on YouTube I'm like okay I understand the appeal I, I, I can see why this is grabbing a lot of people's attention. This is well, this looks interesting. It's got an interesting aesthetic. Yeah, the aesthetic is the main draw there. Uh, and also, obviously, like the expectations of what's... I think people have finally gotten a taste for what cyberpunk has to offer, thanks to the hype that 2077 had. But because either you never played 2077 because you got a ps4 or because you played it and were like there's more here people still want to like scratch that itch and i think any smart developer would fill that gap i think that's why the interest is there yeah this new wave of cyberpunk stuff is interesting that uh, post 2077, which was kind of a disappointment. So seeing that so many people are trying to cash in on the hype and fill in that, that gap, which a lot of people have from their massive expectations, that's kind of cool. It's always interesting to see trends like that in the industry. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. And the biggest trend of this freaking E3 was Left for Dead style games. Did somebody go to a GDC like four years ago or something? Was like actually four-player co-op <laughs> against a horde of zombies or monsters or aliens? Like, dude, there are like seven of them. Like, what the hell? It was, you know, it's one of those strange things. How everyone in the industry says, ah, but everything is an open world adventure game or everything is a third person cinematic adventure game but it's like no guys no everything is <laughs> you guys are not observing the trends the true trends were that one 
everything was a battle royale and now too everything is a left for dead co-op game <laughs> i mean i get it it's like a, a good middle ground between a single player game and a battle royale game because it's like it's a but live look, service look, game but it's look, not really a live service game you know what i mean yeah but what has always been the problem with that is that when they say yeah you can play solo and it's still fun but then you play solo and it's not fun it <laughs> rarely ever is that's true that's the, that's the actual problem like the required gameplay balance to make it so that solo is fun is almost never done well oh it's done so late in the cycle after they've known how the game works and the balances and all that stuff that's like ah you know like way way late in the game so i don't know there's a couple of them there's uh back for blood rainbow six quarantine um extraction oh extraction yes um uh red four looks like that yeah and these are like big big games so it's like okay and i think there's a couple more that were announced at like the pc gamer show and stuff which is like man you guys are gonna cannibalize each other yeah but with you know with game pass redfall should be fine it should and it is a cane and apparently it is in the arcane style i'm not a game designer i don't know how that's gonna work they're they're maybe they're possibly creating a new subgenre so we shall see i'll wait for gameplay also that reminds me when announcing a new game in a new ip don't show me a cg trailer i don't know what your game is i won't care like i don't know what it is you you don't you know if it's a new ip you don't have that privilege you really don't if they're making breath of the wild 2 you could just show me link's face and his feet i'll be fine because i know what breath of the wild is i know what zelda is metroid you can literally just show samus's helmet because we know what that is like we know what that is we know what to expect even if they say this is a great departure it's still metroid right but then you have contraband what is contraband I, I just know that they said it's going to be an open world co-op multiplayer game. Another one of those. Oh, it's like, another one of those. So I don't get it. Apart from knowing that it's made by Avalanche, what what am I supposed to know here? I need to know more. You, as I've said, I don't know. You you know you don't have that privilege. Please be excited. New IP. <laughs> <laughs> okay, to close it off, I just want to talk about some of the big announcements that I guess we already touched upon. I had Elden Ring on my list. I had Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, I have Starfield date and exclusivity here. So we got a Starfield CG trailer, which qualifies as no, don't do this. Even though I know what Bethesda is and what they make, Starfield is a new IP. <laughs> It could yeah, be something don't completely have that different. Privilege. They don't. No, they don't. People are like, oh, it's like Fallout. I'm like, I think that's what you're expecting. What I saw from that trailer, it looks like a, a simulator, like a space simulator. Nothing looked fantasy there. It looked very, like, real. So are they, is it a simulation game? Like, what? <laughs> I don't know what it is. But we've got a date. It's 11-11-22. Uh, so 11th November that next is, year. So... You know, I, I find it funny that they've dated a game for November next year, while Halo, which is supposedly <laughs> coming out 
this year holiday hasn't been taken it's hey, like they either, give you holiday either, either, <laughs> either halo is you know is they are really waiting before confirming when halo is ready or that starfield date is definitely not going to stick i expected best on what i said last Time. I expected Starfield to release this year. I really, really thought that game was done. How? How? I, I, I just really expected it to be done, man. Like, I was like, this game has to come out. But it's not. I I think it will meet that date. I really do. Because that would be Xbox's big game next year. That's going to be their Halo next year. Um, I think Halo will come out. I, I think Halo might release multiplayer first and then we'll get the single player later maybe but didn't didn't just step and say that we're going to launch both at the same time they did but if they're if you're on the date and there's like six months left that's very weird it's very very because weird. you know forza horizon 5 got a date coming out in i don't know in november or something it did and if there was an award for best looking game at e3 that would definitely win it for me that game looks yeah, gorgeous. It looks really good. Yeah, and also the exclusivity, which puts to bed all that. Oh, the bot says that there's no way exclusive. <laughs> you know, that's one of the that's one of the things that I don't know why it was a discussion point for as long as it is, because you know it had been pretty obvious for a while. So you know, it's, it's definitely bizarre that. That roundabout had gone on for as long as it did. Cope, man. People were coping. <laughs> hey, man, just get the Xbox. What's the cloud thing called? Whatever. You can probably play that on your PlayStation 5 browser or something. I don't know. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. The other big one I had here was... Uh, I even forgot his name. I called it the Final Fantasy Origin demo. What's his actual name? It has a Final Fantasy name. Stranger of Paradise. Stranger of Paradise. And this was my fourth pick. This was my, it was going to be my honorable mention. You've played the game. Tell us what this game is like gameplay-wise. Hands-on report. It's literally Final Fantasy Neo. Literally. It's Neo, but you put you transplant Final Fantasy stuff onto Neo, which is you know if, if you don't like Neo, you're not going to like this. But if you like Neo and you like Final Fantasy, it's it's a match it's it's a match made in heaven. It's a dream. Yeah, I saw a lot of people who played it really liked it. Uh, I know Neo was quite I can call Neo like it's like a cult hit, right? Like people liked Neo quite a bit. I never saw it's much negativity Neo on Neo. Much Neo feels like the only Souls game, the only Souls clone to have actually found a decently sized fan base. Yeah. Most other Souls clones come with qualifiers. <laughs> and it's like, oh, the surge is, it's okay, but, oh, this is okay, but, oh, Neo has pretty much just formed its own fan base and own subculture. So, that's what makes this so exciting because you know, Team Ninja have got gameplay chops. They, they they can craft a good combat system. They can. That's true. And they can. So while all that's there, you know, everything around 
Final Fantasy Origin was hilarious because the trailer was the review trailer was really really funny you know now chaos posting is a meme because of how often the main character says he hates chaos and wants to kill chaos does he want and, to kill chaos though <laughs> yeah, not quite sure. I don't, no, not quite sure wants. that came along <laughs> yeah is he that like the, angsty in the game like please tell me he's like peter parker and he's like chaos no, 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 no. It's being played as straight as 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 the trailer implied. The trailer was basically it was basically a walk, a mini walk through the demo. Okay, and how's the scenes in the trailer are in the demo? And how's the level design? Everything is it very much like Neo? Is it a bit different? Yeah, it's it's pretty much Neo level design. Neo has never had as good level design as Souls. That has always been, you know, the sticking point. That yeah, Neo plays has got better combat than Souls, but the story and level design has never been as good as a Souls game, Mm. as well as art direction. And this sticks through. It it's exactly the same. Some animations look like they're used from Neo. The story and whatever looks like it's as bad as Neo's. The level design is just the same as Neo's. What about visuals the and graphics? animation? Yeah. Yeah, this is what I was coming to. This is where you can tell that it's definitely an alpha because it looks worse than the PS5 version of Neo. Do you think that's so going to be like, touched up or it's just going to. Yeah, it, it no, will. No, I mean, it, it I, by touched up, it, I mean, like, do you think they're going to, like, give it that square enix sheen or it's just gonna be like that i don't think you'll get a square enix sheen but uh, because yeah square enix games tend to look good but it will definitely look better because like the demo is only 1080p as an example neo 2 runs at 4k on the ps5 but this demo is there at 1080p and it's really blurry and the frame rate drops so well while Neo 2, you know, it's locked 60 frames, 4K, dynamic res, you can even get 120 frames and all that stuff. But it's, you you can definitely tell that this is really, really early alpha build. Is there yeah. a date for this game? It's just 2022. Okay. And you can, you know, the thing is they did this with both Neo 1 and Neo 2. This, it's a common tactic for that team where they release a very early alpha build, usually very overtuned, and then they receive feedback and then they adjust accordingly. It's a it's a very nice and open process of development where you see that okay, a lot of the stuff you complain about does change. So this was the alpha where I'm probably going they usually do three, an alpha, a beta, and then full release. So you can expect changes to happen. Because that's actually this is a team which is very receptive to feedback. Yeah, that's actually really cool because like even uh like a lot of these big, not the small ones, um early access games like Hades, for example, was in early access. Um Divinity Original Sin 2 was in early access, and, and those games like evolve dramatically, like from what they were. And then they come out and they're like, I mean, both Divinity and Hades are like literally some of the highest rated games of all time like across the board so it's a, I, I think it's a cool tactic because you create this fan base and then the, the, the players kind of feel like 
they are mini developers, you know, because they are like involved so heavily. Uh, it kind of weeds yeah. out the toxicity because even if the game releases and there's something weird, the people who are going to jump in front of you to defend will be all those players. So I think that kind of also weeds out the toxicity side of things. Yeah. So it you know it's I think there's there is to an extent a lack of you know understanding between the general Final Fantasy fan base and the people like Neo because a lot of people are saying, man, this looks terrible. This looks like the quiet man of Balan Wonderworld. But if you know what the Neo team is capable of, and if you play the demo, most of us saw it and saw that yeah, the graphics look bad and need touch up, and the writing is hilariously bad. But there's that impression like, yeah, but I know it's going to play well and it's probably going to be really fun, and the demo confirmed that, so I'm fine. You know, a lot of core Final Fantasy fans will probably not get to that. You know, they won't understand that, but a lot of the Neo fan base is already very on board. And if you happen to be a Neo and an FF fan like myself, then you know, even better. It's uh, it's a perfect blend. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm glad uh, that that came out. Um, I don't think I'll play it because I I don't like Neo at all. <laughs> so <laughs> this one's a pass for me. But which is, which is which is fair. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that's coming out. And I feel those were the big E3 announcements. And this is anything that you feel that was anything else that was announced that was big. I'll give a shout out. Here's a game. I think this game got a lot of flack simply because its demo was too long and there's Avengers game fatigue. Uh, Guardians yeah, of the Galaxy, of the galaxy. <laughs> is going to be okay. Might be very good because when I, I kept on watching, I was like, this. At first, I was like, is that? I thought it was Avengers, and I thought it's just Avengers but single player. But then it's not. And then I was like, oh, you just play as Star Lord? That's like, how do you get all these characters and decide to play as the guy with the guns? That's lame. But then I realized as I kept on watching, I'm like, this is, it's Mass Effect. Because like you can command your allies, the other guys. Yeah, yeah, you talk to them. There's, I saw the XP bar go across. I'm like, this is an RPG. Like and they never once said RPG in that two-hour gameplay demo. Are they scared to say that's an RPG? Like it's an RPG. It's Mass Effect. It's literally there's Look, never. The, the thing is, everything has got RPG elements to some extent. So. Yeah, but this is like properly Mass Effect. Like it's super what that is. Like that's the easiest way to describe what this is. It's it's Mass Effect with the Guardians of the Galaxy skin. That's what this is. It's banter. Like you're gonna spend a lot of time on your ship, cracking jokes with your crewmates. That's I'm sure that's going to be half of the gameplay. That's what Mass Effect is. You're on your ship. You talk to people. Sometimes you go out. You shoot dudes. That's what Guardians of the Galaxy looks like. And obviously, Mass Effect has a huge fan base, but it only worked because of the characters. And the Guardians of the Galaxy characters are really, really lovable. They really are. As long as the writing is very good and Solid, the game yeah. is fun, this could be huge. It really could. Does it look great graphically? It, no. No, it doesn't. 
but if you're there for the characters and some banter and a good time, I think it's going to be a good game. I think the presentation and the expectations and what people saw from Avengers, like the Avengers game fatigue, stuff like that, I think that's all weighing it down. But hopefully when people actually get their hands on it, it's actually good. Yeah, I, I think it will sneak up on people as just not being as terrible as Avengers. I don't know if it'll be very good. Like, you know, we, you never know. You can find it sucks. Or <laughs> the writing is terrible. But I think, you know, it will be like, hey, this is not Avengers. And, you know, it'll, this, this will be a good game to pick up uh, on a sale or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it comes from a team that I really like. It's the uh, Idols Montreal team. The guys did Deus Ex, Mankind Divided, and, and Human Revolution, and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, and part of Avengers. <laughs> but like, I, I trust the, uh, I, I trust that team very much. I really, really do. Um, I, I, I love those previous games that they made. I'm hoping that this is good, and I like. There's some people who've been like, why has no one tried to copy the Mass Effect formula? It's been there. There's a gap. This is the first go at it. Someone else is making a Mass Effect style game. Let's see if it works out. Yeah, I think that's pretty much all I I could say was like huge from E3. Um, unless you're a big Kevin Hart fan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, E3, man. I think this once again reinforces that, you know, we there's so many things that get lost in the sea of E3. And, man, E3, E3 was bad this year. Let's be, I'll be frank. It, it, it wasn't good all around it wasn't good like nintendo's show was good and microsoft's show was good, was good. everything else was quite bad I, neither of them were nine out of ten because they didn't have you know a in, a megaton there was no megaton and you know we're not going to get megatons because of the way the industry is right now. we're not going to get megatons I'm sure even if Sony had a show, they wouldn't have a Megatron either. I saw a lot of that. Actually, let me rant about these Sony fanboys. A lot of Sony people are like, oh, are you three shocks because it's not Sony. And I honestly believe that it's just Sony fanboy nonsense. You know, like, <laughs> there was nothing for them to froth at the mouth about. And they were like, oh, it's absolutely terrible. I don't think it was absolutely terrible. For someone like me who says a PC gamer and has Game Pass, knowing that all these games are coming to Game Pass, for me, is a huge announcement. Like, huge! You know, like, I was... I have a budget for the games that are coming out. Like, I know what... Like, for example, replaced some of your Metroid Dread. I know I want those games. I make a budget. I already have a budget of the games I've been wanting that are supposed to come out. And most of this issue is just me literally ticking off, saying, oh, 12 minutes? Oh, that's coming. I don't have to pay for that anymore. Oh, this game, that's coming. X, I don't have to pay for that anymore. It's a huge deal to someone like me. It really, really is. Like, my my gaming budget has reduced so much because of those announcements. So, I, I don't think it was as 
sucky as as it was. If you just have a PlayStation and you don't play those other games, I can absolutely see how it was completely terrible. And I hate to yeah, be. Yeah, but look, a, I've, yeah, look go I've got a PlayStation, an Xbox, and a Switch, and I still don't think it was very good. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not saying it was very good, but I can see how for someone who just has a PlayStation and doesn't care about these other things, there was absolutely nothing for you at this showcase. Like nothing. <laughs> Maybe of the Final Fantasy game. Other than that, and, and Elden Ring. Other than that, there was nothing. Yeah, but like I said, even this goes back to my point. Even if Sony had a show at this thing, they wouldn't have a Megaton either because of you know the current state of the industry. Uh, at best, they would also probably just have an 8.5 out of 10 show because similar to how the big thing at Nintendo's show was uh, having a tease of Breath of the Wild, the big thing at a Sony show would probably just be showing off God of War gameplay. So, like I said, it, that would be big, but it's not a mega term because uh, it's already pre-announced. So, I think... The, the state of the industry has affected E3 so bad that it's showing and that in general we were better off having developers do things as they were ready if you understand what I mean so for example do you think we would have been better served if Square just said okay we're going to do a Guardians of the Galaxy showcase Instead of saying we're having an E3 showcase and we're having a bunch of stuff there. Don't you think it would have been better if they just said, okay, we're going to do a Guardians of the Galaxy showcase. This is just Guardians of the Galaxy. That's it. Oh, this is just Idos Montreal's new game. Instead of stringing people along thinking that, oh, we're going to get new info on this and that and that and that. And then you end up with that horrendous show. Or Ubisoft, if they just said, oh, we're going to have a review of Ubisoft Massive's next game. I feel like, you know, trying to focus on saying, okay, we're going to put all our trailers in this time of the year, it it does nothing for anyone. For a fan like me, this does nothing for me. Like, I don't get any benefit out of this. All it does is make me ignore Avatar more because it's like, oh, <laughs> it, never, it never got its own attention. It's just like, oh, it's just another year announcement in a terrible show. If, if you, you get what I mean, right? I do get what you mean, but I think that, say, having a Guardians of the Galaxy direct is not going to get eyeballs from random people. The pool of E3, it really does have a pool. It does. People who don't watch that stuff will watch it. There's a, an advantage to that. Although, the, like, the disadvantage you said does exist. For example, um, if they announced, say, Command and Conquer 6 is coming out, right? I would want a deep dive on that because that's a meaty game RTS. But I know, I know 200% that if they spent more than two minutes on Command and Conquer 6, everybody would check out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So... I guess it's just a way of finding a balance. I guess. I guess. But then we're also at like a, a crossroads between generations. So it's a bit weird. And also, like you said, with the whole COVID situation and all that stuff, 
it's very very weird i think next year will be big next year we'll have a lot of maybe not new announcements but like a lot of uh demos maybe i feel like we've been saying this for ages <laughs> but we'll have actual ne- uh next gen whatever kind gen games like we'll have we'll have actual like exclusive to current gen games as opposed to these cross gen things because more of the hopefully consoles will be out by then they'll be available uh so there'll be more of those because there was some stuff which was missing which should have been there like wolfenstein 3 that really should <laughs> i know that games i know that game exists and is and i know there's a gameplay demo version of that out there i know because it's been a while but that was nowhere to be seen not even teased so there's stuff yeah, out but, there but you see that's this i just said that's the part of the thing with the way the pandemic has affected game dev things which are like oh this is sure fire to be there it's not there where was bayonetta 3 mia development hell where was wolfenstein 3 not there so it's a lot of stuff which you think should have been ready is not ready and i don't think every publisher has got the what can i say the leeway that microsoft has microsoft has got like has 23 studios if they don't show something it's fine because you know you know that they've got a lot but other publishers they scrounge and you end up with a square enix show <laughs> i thought square enix is fine the ones were really bad like gearbox also capcom were um, i think for me were the biggest disappointment because we know they have a library but it just didn't show up <laughs> exactly nothing that was in the mega league showed up i'm guessing probably that you know my biggest guess is both capcom and square have got have taken sony marketing money and whenever sony decides to do something that's when we're going to start seeing some of those projects yeah it's very likely that that is the case very very likely and we still have an ea sh- which show to come that's coming next which, month I think. which by the way that says a lot about e3 if taking sony marketing money and putting your announcements there is more important than showing them <laughs> at e3 but <laughs> you don't want to hear that now do you I, and there's also gamescom coming up in september august september whatever whenever games end of august yeah so there's still an opportunity for that stuff like as a marketing team you look at your game and you're like okay i have this and i'm gonna be going up against most likely elden ring i could just wait for gamescom where i'm not gonna compete with elden ring where i'll be the big one i I can i can see those kinds of discussions happening uh, decisions i should say yeah i guess and also like audience gamescom is very eurocentric that's where we see fifa deep dives you know stuff like that so like they know their audience i think i I would like to think that anyway (laughs) sometimes they don't sometimes it doesn't (laughs) most times they don't but yeah i guess that's uh what about I guess covers all of E3. I'm personally glad it's back. I hope it continues. 
if not i hope summer games fest is bigger i hope that there's an in-person thing because um there were moments where you could really feel like okay this was planned to get the crowd going but there's no crowd you know like if you so it's 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 a shame but um we'll it's better than nothing in my opinion i'm glad that it happened uh i hope that the tradition continues uh there's more to look forward to like we said sony is probably gonna have a state of play later in the year um gamescom is coming i don't know if tgs will happen i don't know things are pretty bad in japan at the moment they are yeah so that might not happen but there's 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 something always uh there's marketing is marketing man marketing is like half the budget for most triple a games so they gotta feed us them trailers yeah yeah sure yeah so hope you enjoy the episode and uh yeah see you in the next one